Welcome to our Changing the Narrative podcast, where we have thought-provoking conversations about housing, homelessness, and community with local and national experts. I'm Anne Miske, President and CEO of Union Station Homeless Services. Today's episode is entitled Landlords and Vouchers, A New Lease on Life. The only way to end homelessness is with a home, but it needs to be a permanent home, not just a shelter or transitional place. Now, currently, one of the ways that we can offer permanent housing solutions is through housing vouchers. Now, some of you out there may not know what a housing voucher is. Well, it's very simple. It's a program that was put forward by the federal government for assisting very low-income families, individuals, the elderly or the disabled to afford decent, safe, and sanitary housing in the private market. Since housing assistance is provided on behalf of the family or individual, participants are able to find their own housing, including in single-family homes, townhouses, or apartments. The participants are free to choose any housing that meet the requirements of the program and they aren't limited to units located in subsidized housing. Another important fact to know about a voucher is that it is not free housing. Some people are under that impression, but when you get a voucher, it simply means it's subsidized and you are required to pay 30% of whatever your income is. And 30% is considered the national standard for everyone as to how much you should pay for your housing. Sadly, that often isn't the case, but that is the standard. Now, unfortunately, as good as the housing voucher sounds, it can be misunderstood by landlords and, in fact, by the community. So in today's session, we're going to discuss the realities of the voucher system and why it is, in fact, a win-win situation for both tenants and our landlords. So today we're going to be talking with two guests. Juliana Lomalio, who finds housing for formerly homeless individuals and families, and landlord Alicia Huizar. And we're going to talk to them about the myths and the realities of the housing voucher program. I'm really thrilled to welcome the two of them. Our first person here today is Juliana Lomalio. She serves as the Associate Director of Housing Location at Union Station Homeless Services in Pasadena, California. A former homeless youth, Juliana has experiences that have allowed for her to connect with our clients and share the knowledge about homelessness and the issues surrounding it, and herself has assisted in permanently housing over 200 clients. Juliana is certified by the California Association of Realtors in Residential and Commercial Property Management, and her experience in property management has allowed her to ensure that landlords and property owners are supported, and again, to really help the relationship between the landlords, the property owners, and the tenants. Our next guest, very special guest today, is Alicia Wiesar. She is a landlord who was inspired by her friendship with the late Pasadena City Council member John Kennedy to enroll in the landlord program and accept housing vouchers. Today, many of her apartments are being rented by tenants with vouchers. So I'm thrilled to have our two guests today. So Alicia, welcome to our program. Thank you for inviting me. And Juliana, thank you as well. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here with all of you. So let's start with some misperceptions about housing vouchers or subsidized housing. 
I mentioned earlier that clients don't, in fact, live rent-free. They pay 30% of whatever their income is, and they sign a lease, just like any leaseholder. But, you know, one of the things we hear frequently, either about people who experience homelessness or people who have housing vouchers, is somehow they're going to bring more trouble, more crime to the apartment than just a regular tenant. Um, Juliana, talk to us about that. I mean, you work in this area a lot. Is this true? Definitely not. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not sure how that really got started, but there's really no data. There's no statistics. There's nothing that tells us that somebody who's having part of their rent covered by a subsidy is going to be a problem tenant. Anybody who is a renter can tell you that most people have never lived in a building where they haven't had a neighbor who plays loud music, has too many people over, have had police activity on site, have violated the lease agreement. So yeah, definitely not quantitative data related to whether or not that is somebody with a subsidy. Yeah, I think that's really, really an important message to make sure that people here out there, somehow that, that we're quoting people who have a lower income with crime and violence is an absolute myth and misperception. People are people, and there will be people and tenants who, you know, aren't the best neighbors and others who are wonderful neighbors. It really doesn't matter what their income is. Another question, and again, I'm going to turn to you, Juliana, on this one, is if you get a voucher, and I know it can be really hard. There's often waiting lists to get a voucher. It is a, it is a federally subsidized program, and sometimes there can be waiting lists for years. But then suddenly, you know, you get this voucher because you have real need. You instantly get a house. Is that what happens? That would be so cool. Oh, in my dreams. Yeah, unfortunately, that isn't the way it happens at all. So you are still out there just as anybody on the open market looking for housing, applying for housing, having to go through the same process. There's rental criteria. Everybody who owns property or manages property has slightly varied rental criteria. This is something I have seen a lot in social media where some advocacy groups, people have been chatting about, you know, all these vouchers are out there. Why aren't we using them? Why aren't people going into housing? And it, unfortunately, it's because, well, we need housing <laughs> and we need people to not be so afraid or apprehensive to accept a renter who has a voucher. Thank you. And that that leads me to you, Alicia, because you're a landlord. Can you tell me why did you open up your apartments to people with vouchers? Well, let me be very honest. Uh, it took me a few years. I always knew we had a problem with homelessness, but in the past few years, it has just multiplied. And I would see it, you know, all around my town, everywhere you go. And it wasn't until I had lunch with my friend, uh, John Kennedy, and he was sharing with me all the plans he had to build for the homeless to combat this. I saw his passion about this. And I said, oh, my God, you know, I have some places I could easily rent out, but never really gave the opportunity. And so I had a vacancy and someone from Union Station on Lincoln showed up. And she was very polite. She gave me her card. She explained a little bit. And I say, I like to see what that place looks like. I want to see what it's all about. She said, come on in. I walked into that facility. She introduced me to everyone there. But, you know, right there, I changed my mind the way I was thinking before. I said, my God, you know, those people are working. They're going to school. They just need the opportunity. 
And from there, oh my God, it's been a different story now. I wish I would have done it before. That's wonderful, Alicia. I must admit, you just gave me goosebumps when I when I heard that. And thank you for doing that. And I want to throw that out to anybody out there listening who may have apartments, rentals. Um, if you're unsure, give us a call. Come in and talk to us just like Alicia did. Meet the folks. Because there are all of these perceptions and, and, and honestly fears that people have. And we can really help mitigate those fears and really show you what it's what it's like. So we are so grateful that you came in and grateful to John Kennedy, uh, who sadly is no longer with us, but a huge champion. And, and we thank him. Uh, Alicia, can I ask you a little bit further? What are the requirements? So you're saying, okay, yes, I'm going to take somebody um, who has a voucher. What does that mean for you as, as a landlord? Well, the requirements are the same for all of them. It doesn't matter if you have a voucher or not. The requirements, it's the same for every tenant. That's good. So again, they're just people who are renting an apartment, but because of low income, may need some help. But other than that, they're just regular renter. Exactly. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about what are some of the benefits to accepting someone with a voucher. And I'm going to throw this to either of you, Juliana or Alicia, if you can talk about why would someone want to take someone with a voucher? Well, uh, in my case, um, you don't have to worry about the money. You don't have to worry about getting lost or not being there on time. It's a win-win situation. You are guaranteed payment, exactly. You're guaranteed. Yeah, I would say that's definitely the best case, especially now that we know what can happen when we've gone through the pandemic in 2020 and we saw how things can get really scary and how so many folks were not able to pay rent and so many landlords are not receiving rental assistance, but the housing authority was paying. <laughs> they were still paying. So I think it's always, you know, a good idea if you have multiple units in your building, why not diversify it a little bit and have a few units that are guaranteed rental assistance coming in every month that can help you tremendously with budgeting so if you if you have a building and the housing authority is going to be paying market rent, average rent, your, your capital expenditures are not going to be very high. If a client who is low income, they're paying 30% of their income towards their rental assistance. That doesn't change. So you can still increase rent just because somebody is getting Section 8 doesn't mean you can't increase rent every year and the housing authority will be paying that. But the client will always be paying 30% and at the most 40% of their income if they have additional income. So if you think about it, a lot of folks who are in programs at Union Station, let's say I think about some of our seniors and they're on these fixed incomes and they're getting $1,400 a month social security. So you're basically even worst case scenario. Let's say their social security check was lost in the mail and you don't receive that portion. At least now you know what you could be losing that month. And it's not going to be the whole rental amount. It's just going to be that portion. And so for me, that would comfort me a little bit as a property owner to say, at least I, I know what I'm going to get. I know what I could be losing as opposed to just being completely up in the air and somebody loses their job and next month you don't see a dime. I totally agree. And the other thing I think we should point out is that the way this system works as well is if you just have a, a regular tenant not on a voucher and they, they're late or they don't pay their rent or there's problems, you're running around tracking them down, doing all of that. Whereas if you have a client with a voucher and something happens, there's somebody to call, right? And there's somebody to immediately get on top of that and say, okay, we will make sure. Let me get your rent payment. Absolutely. But not only that, Anne, but think about it like this. Folks who are getting subsidies have a lot more to lose because if they lose that voucher, that's it. If a regular market renter doesn't pay rent for a couple months, 
and they bail out on the lease. Sometimes in most cases, landlords like, I'm not going to deal with going to court and spending all this money just because, you know, they only had three months left on the lease. I'm just going to leave it. So you have more risks in a lot of ways with regular open market tenants, you know, because somebody who who has a voucher, they really want to keep that. Alicia, maybe I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit more about what are some of the benefits. So we've heard about, you know, you're guaranteed the rent. What do you see as some of the other benefits or reasons that you jumped into doing this? Well, the money's secure. We know that. But I think it's just so rewarding to see people have their home and start working or going to school or getting back on their feet. I think that's mainly why we do it, you know. You know, it's been great so far. And, you know, again, one of the things we do is we provide supportive service for our clients who have vouchers. So, again, you know, if you have a tenant who's having wild parties or anything like that, normally you don't have someone you can call. But with our clients, you can call our staff and they will intervene and talk to clients and, you know, make sure that they're being respectful to the property and their neighbors and all of those things. So there's, you know, 24-7, there's someone you can contact to say, ah, Hopefully that doesn't happen very often. But as we said earlier, people are people. But thank you. I think what you said about watching people get their lives back, that's a tremendous opportunity. And to know that you're having a part in that by providing someone a home and an opportunity, you are helping people rebuild their lives. And that's pretty special. So again, thank you, Alicia, for doing that. Very welcome. Juliana, let me ask you, so you're out there always looking for landlords. What do you say to a prospective landlord? Like, how would you get them on side? Some of the things we've already talked about, but I'm curious to know, how do you work with a landlord who may be very hesitant? Hmm. It's a great question. The first time I I meet with a potential landlord or I'm meeting with a property management company, I really like to know what they're looking for. And I just try to ask questions and see what the needs are on their end. And then I try to provide solutions to that. So I'll say, you know, I have a lot of great programs at Union Station. We have clients who have temporary rental assistance. We have clients who are with permanent rental assistance looking for homes. We have families. Trying to navigate the housing authority, it can be really challenging. You know, I feel like the last time I went to the DMV and I was just trying to do like a simple task, I felt like I was completely overwhelmed with just paperwork and stuff I didn't understand. And I feel like it's similar where people just get on these websites and they're like, this is just too much information. (laughs) Like, I'm so confused. And so I think it's nice for us to be able to go in there and talk a little bit about it's actually not that bad. We look for an apartment. If you have an apartment that's vacant, I'd love to apply for this client that I have in mind who I think would be a great tenant for you. If the application's approved, then all we're going to do is have you fill out some paperwork. We'll guide you through the whole process so we can get it done a lot faster. You don't have to wait around You know, one thing I just remembered also, the incentives. There are several incentives, you know, I'm I'm not sure how many there is, but maybe somebody can explain them. Thank you for bringing that up, Alicia, because this is huge. We have money out there for incentives. And the reason we have that is because we know that this can be challenging to have to wait for money. For example, the Move Pasadena program paid up to $2,500 landlord incentive. So that's at least to cover, you figure, the cost of a month's rent and maybe a little extra. We have the HIP program through LACDA, through the Housing Authority, where if you want to work with Section 8, you can get a month rent of holding fees through them, and then you go on their listing. So they also list your unit, and you're just going to have a bunch of people who have vouchers and subsidies ready to go. We've had incentives through various programs. There's also PATH, People Assisting the Homeless. They have a preferred landlord ownership program. They pay up to two months of full rent 
as a holding fee as long as you list with them for your unit. So there's tons of stuff out there. Basically, all we're trying to do is constantly figure out a way to combat the downside for landlords so that we can all kind of work together on this. It's a total symbiotic relationship. Everyone always asks me when I go to realtor meetings and things like that, are you housing rights? Are you a tenant advocate? I said, no, no, no. I'm trying to I'm trying to get people into housing. And that's my main goal here. So obviously we are advocates for our clients, but no, I'm I'm really here because I need housing. <laughs> and and we know how tricky that is to get in Los Angeles. So let me ask you quickly, Juliana, is it okay for landlords to say, no, I don't want anybody with a voucher? You can't legally decline someone who has Section 8. That's with the Fair Employment Housing Act. Obviously, people can get around it. But I feel like, you know, with my instincts that it's mostly because they see that voucher as income and they panic and they don't want to accept it. And again, because they have perceptions about people who have vouchers. And I think really what we're talking about is fear of having, you know, those people uh, in, (laughs) in my unit. And that's one of the things that we really try to combat. So for any landlords out there who who think, oh, there's no way I'd ever rent to someone with a voucher because, you know, they're criminals or whatever, please talk to us because that is not the case. And we have a very, very, very high success rate with our clients in housing. It's about 97% stay housed. And if we didn't have landlords who wanted to keep them, that number would be much, much lower. Absolutely. So how many landlords do we have at Union Station, Juliana? So many now. I mean, just in the last few years and who we currently work with has now reached over 300. And then there's about 129 landlords who I email with regularly on a monthly basis. And that's become sort of like our monthly news updates where it provides helpful information for landlords. Okay. And then we get a huge response back with available units. And so we are offered approximately 10 available units per month just from this email blast that goes out. And then those go on to a listing where we list them for the entire agency for anyone to use for their clients. It's been really great. And it's wonderful, again, people you know, like you, Alicia, who, who have become sort of part of our family, really, at Union Station, our landlords. And cannot tell you how much we appreciate it because the lack of housing is the reason we have homelessness in Los Angeles. You know, we sometimes hear about service resistance. People don't want to live in housing. I can tell you as a person who has worked in this sector for many years and all our staff work with people, they're not out there saying, I don't want housing. The fact is there is no housing for them. And off the wait list, even with a voucher, can be months and years long. But I do know that people actually lose their vouchers because if you don't use them within a certain time period, the government takes it away from you. So we've had people actively looking for housing for months and months and months, and then their voucher runs out and they don't have a voucher anymore. So again, any landlords who are listening, please, please, we desperately need housing for folks that are experiencing homelessness. Let's now talk about what if there are problems. Alicia, could I ask you to talk? I understand that you did have a client who uh, it didn't work out. So can you talk a little bit about that experience and, and what happened and sort of what was the resolution to that? I did have one tenant. She moved in and shortly um, we started seeing other people in the unit 
and not her. And we knew something was going on. So we called the case manager and the case manager went out there. And to make a long story short, within three days, we had our unit back. And uh, we gave you the opportunity to someone else from Union Station. And it's working out just fine. Thank you. And I expect if this had been a regular tenant, it wouldn't have taken three days to resolve. You know, you hear landlord stories about trying to, to get someone out or evict someone, and it can take months and months and leave process. So again, there's where having one of our clients, we do the hard lifting and we will make sure that, okay, it's not a good fit. So let's work to get that client out and get someone else in. So uh, we want to make sure as much as we're advocating for our clients and getting them housed, we also really value the relationship we have with those landlords and want to make sure that they're happy, that they're benefiting from this partnership. You know, I've talked to a lot of our clients who are housed. I was talking to a gentleman just yesterday, and he talked about what it meant to have a home. And what it meant to know that you don't have to, you know, where am I going to sleep tonight? Can I get food? Am I going to be safe? What about my children? And he said, it's a place of healing. It's a place where he can move on to the next stage in his life. And then he said, now I'm in a place where I don't have to worry that my children are going to go through the same thing that I went through. And having said, now I can be a better father. And that's why, because he had a home of his own, his children could come home to their own home. And so that's what housing and having a home does. And if you want to be part of that as a landlord, if you want to help someone have a foundation, a launch pad for a new life for themselves, for their families, this is a wonderful opportunity. We see daily the difference that home makes for people. So thank you both. Before we close here, though, I'd like to ask each of you any last words. If you could tell our audience sort of one or two things that you would like them to remember, what would that be? Juliana? Well, I would just say, you know, as somebody who experienced homelessness, it was the worst time in my life. And the minute I got an apartment, my life changed completely. And it's never... I, I can't even imagine having to go back to what I had experienced. Um, I'm so house proud. I'm so, you know, grateful every single day. Even to this day, it's been 25 years that I've experienced homelessness. And every day that I wake up, I'm grateful for my home. Thank you, Juliana. And Alicia? First of all, I want him to know how rewarding it has been for me. And I hope they give themselves the opportunity to learn a little more about this program and to give the opportunity to all those people to a new beginning, a new start, a new life. I hope they open the doors of their hearts and the doors of their properties to all these new people that need homes. Thank you, Alicia. I'm like that getting was... teary-eyed right now. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you both for your insights today, your wisdom, and most especially, thank you for your heart, your compassion for people experiencing homelessness. We talk about heroes in the world, and I will say that today I've got two heroes with me, so thank you. Well, you th likewise, welcome, Anne, thank you so much. So for our audience out there, if you are a landlord or you know a landlord and would like to learn more, please go to our website, which is unionstationhs.org backslash landlords 
backslash, I'll say that again, Union Station, HS, as in homeless services, dot org, backslash, landlords, backslash. And you can find out more about how you can be part of our program to rent to people with vouchers, people experiencing homelessness who are looking to rebuild their lives. Also, if you want to just know more about Union Station and the services that we provide, please go to our website as well, unionstationhs.org. Thank you for joining us and listening to this episode. I encourage you to subscribe and listen to all our episodes and help us change the narrative about homelessness in our neighborhoods. Together, we are the solution we want to see in our communities. This podcast is produced by Brenda Lynch and Katie Cookerly-Dietrich, edited by Jesse Lumen, with production assistance by Colin Feldmeth. Special thanks to our Union Station Homeless Services Lived Expertise Advisory Panel, or LEAP, for their insights. And thank you to our audience today for joining us and listening to this episode. Have a wonderful day.